Has Sweden gone off the deep end, or is it ahead of the curve in its approach to the coronavirus pandemic? It's become the subject of enormous debate as the Scandinavian country of 10 million goes a very different way than most every other country in dealing with the crisis. Social distancing there is encouraged. No gatherings of more than 50 are allowed. High schools and universities are closed and doing remote learning, and no visitors are allowed at nursing homes. But things are still dramatically different in Sweden than here. Children through eighth grade are still in school, restaurants and bars are open, so are stores, workout facilities, and many offices. If people can work at home, they're encouraged to, but there's no blanket shutdown of any sector there, and hardly anyone is wearing a mask. Swedish health authorities say they're striking a reasonable middle ground that protects health while not shutting down their economy. There's also talk that they will achieve before other countries something called herd immunity, where enough people have been infected with the virus to slow or stop its spread. In the meantime, though, Sweden is experiencing much higher coronavirus death rates than their Scandinavian neighbors. But will it still look like that in six months or a year, with those countries now starting to open things up? Swedish leaders say this is a marathon, not a sprint, and their approach is one that can be sustained over the long haul. I'm Michael Jonas from Commonwealth Magazine. The podcast is going far afield from our usual Massachusetts focus. Later, we'll talk with someone in Sweden about life there. But first, we wanted to get a better understanding of all this from a science and public health perspective. It does appear to be a gamble. Um, You could argue it's an experiment. Um, I think it's interesting for the rest of us to look and see what happens. I'm not sure I would really like to be a guinea pig. Let's put it that way. That's Helen Jenkins. She's an assistant professor of biostatistics at the Boston University School of Public Health. And she's not at all convinced that Sweden is going down the right road. They've certainly taken, um, let's say, a a slightly more relaxed strategy than some other places. Um, But I know it's some in some places it's been described as as not doing anything or not having any restrictions. And that's definitely not true. Um, They've had some restrictions. For example, um, they're not allowing gatherings of over 50 people. Um, the my understanding is that older children, maybe adolescents um, and college age or university age um, people are not going to school. Those have been closed. Um, and of course, there's been a lot of voluntary participation in terms of people um, working from home a lot more, um, not traveling maybe to second homes and unless it's deemed essential. Um, so qu- quite a lot has been done there. So while it's more relaxed, there have definitely been um various restrictions in place, and as I say, on the voluntary side as well. And yet it's been characterized really as uh, as an outlier in terms of what countries are doing. I mean, they have not done sort of this full lockdown that we and, and many other countries have done. Uh, the restaurants are open. Uh, as you say, the you know, grade school kids are still going to school. People are out at parks and uh, and and in in, in smaller gatherings, um, and uh, I mean, I've heard the I think the deputy prime minister interviewed this week, who said that you know one way to think of it is that they're viewing this whole pandemic as much more of a marathon than a sprint, and so they're trying to sort of develop an approach that can be sustained over you know months, maybe for the next year, or who knows uh, until you know a vaccine is developed or or something. And that they think that uh, th- this approach is sort of more sustainable. Um, you know, we are in this lockdown, which everybody's sort of anxious to know when it will end. 
and and then there's sort of a question of well then what's going to happen so how how does that sort of metaphor of uh, sort of the marathon versus the sprint strike you um i think it's absolutely right um i I think it's wise to think about this in terms of a marathon because um, it's not that this is just going to be over in the next few weeks or you know, by the, the start of the summer at all. Um, and we definitely shouldn't be thinking about it in those terms. Um, several places have done much stronger lockdowns, um, partly because they absolutely had to. When you saw what happened in northern Italy, they had to take the strongest um, intervention they possibly could. And when you look at um, what's happened in New York, the same thing. And so many places have done very strong lockdowns, either because they didn't have any choice or they wanted to be really sure that they weren't going to experience what those places have unfortunately experienced. Um, but I completely agree that we are. this is not sustainable and we are going to have to relax restrictions at some point. The main goal was to protect healthcare systems um, and um, I, I, we are going to have to re- uh, relax things. And it's definitely worth looking at Sweden to see what they have done um, and what might be a feasible way to, to start to relax restrictions in parts of the United States, for example. And yet... Um... And I know that, uh, you know, sort of when and where you slice the data, you know, can sort of uh, tell different stories. At this point in time, the, the data suggests that uh, or show that they've got a, a COVID-19 death rate that's just much higher than their, than their neighbors. It's sort of three to five times that of uh, Denmark, Norway, Finland uh, at this point. And so what does that say to you? Uh, obviously, it's um, it's incredibly sad. Um, um, it, the other thing which I think is worth pointing out is that um, many places, including Sweden, have talked about protecting the older population. And it appears that whatever they have tried to do that hasn't worked as well as you might like it to. Um, I've seen reports of a third or even 50% of their deaths have been in um, care homes, for example. Right, which we've had here in Massachusetts, just uh, here, over 50% of our deaths, I believe, at this point. Yeah, it's it's horrific. Um, um, I also think that, so on one side, I would say this pandemic, as we've discussed, is a marathon. It's not over. And um, although the death rates are definitely higher in Sweden than in comparable countries, um, I think it's important to remember that um, we might want to look at those numbers again in six months or a year's time and see how things have played out over the longer term. Um, but again, coming back, um, kind of arguing on the other side, I would say that there's a lot of value in trying to hold off and slow transmission as much as we can. Um, we're, we're learning so much more about this virus over time. We're learning about how to treat people better. Um, and, you know, just the other day, we had um, results coming out from a, a couple of um, studies looking at remdesivir and how that seems to lower mortality um, and help people recover more quickly. Um, so I think there's a lot of value in slowing transmission and not taking a more fatalistic attitude um, uh, so that you know, we can learn more about treatments and hopefully treat people better over the coming months and um, hopefully lower death rates, obviously. Well, that seems like a really important point because, again, I've seen some of the Swedish authorities have said that they are, that they are, uh, you know, that that other countries are going to experience sort of the same, uh, you know, sort of burden of this disease. It's just going to be stretched out over a longer period. You know, I mean, they're not quite saying it that way, that they're sort of getting it over with. Um, but you're suggesting that, um, that there could be some 
danger or that there's sort of more risk in that uh, and that there's a real case for for doing all you can to to put things off because the, the, the situation could be different. Yes, as I say, I think it's a slightly fatalistic attitude. Um, I think that if we can slow things, we can learn about what treatments might work. There's also, of course, the argument of protecting healthcare workers. Um, in some countries, and many healthcare workers have died. And another thing that we're learning about all the time is how to best protect those healthcare workers. So if we give ourselves more time and slow transmission, we can obtain more PPE, we can learn more about the best ways to protect those healthcare workers. So I, I think there are lots of advantages to just giving ourselves time to learn more um, and be able to save more lives that way. And yet, as you say, we're going to you know, we're going to have to sort of ease back on things. And um, is there uh, some danger that, you know, as we do that, just as they're saying that some of the neighbors of Sweden that have had much lower rates are beginning to ease back. And I think the Swedish officials are saying, well, we're going to start to see their, uh, their cases start to move up as well. We might see their cases move up. Um, and this gets back to a point which I think epidemiologists have been saying for a long time is that we need really good testing. Um, once you start to relax restrictions, you need to have really good testing in place so that if the numbers do start to tick up, you can um, possibly tighten up those restrictions a little bit again to, to try and keep that reproductive number um, maybe somewhere around one. Um, also, I think it's worth noting that countries, for example, Denmark has been... Um, uh, allowing younger kids to come back to school, they're not just going back to how things were before. They're doing all sorts of things to try and minimize transmission. They're trying to actually keep kids a couple of meters apart from each other, which seems like a very difficult task, um, but they're actually trying to do that. I believe that parents are not meant to come into the school. Um, I think that I've heard discussions of things um, like staggered recess time so that kids aren't mixing with each other too much. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it's not that they're just going straight back to normal. Right. And then just lastly, with, with regard to Sweden, again, there's been sort of discussion and even sort of dispute over whether the strategy involves this idea of trying to achieve herd immunity where there's enough people with who've been infected to sort of slow or basically stop that the transmission. Um, and, and is that, I mean, do you think that's sort of part of what's What's going on there, and is that a is that a viable, uh, reasonable approach to take with this virus? So I think looking um, at the long term, the only way this is going to end um, is through achieving a level of population immunity. I think that's true. Now, obviously, the hope is that a good vaccine will be developed and we can achieve population immunity by vaccinating lots of people, which is obviously a much safer way of, um, of achieving that goal. Um, you know, we, we don't know for certain if a good vaccine um, can be developed, um, so we certainly shouldn't be entirely relying on that. So then it may be that we're you know, going to have to achieve population immunity just through people getting infected. But again, as I said before, I think there's a lot of value in slowing that process down so that um, people can get infected and survive um, and we can minimize those deaths as much as possible. So how does all this feel on the ground in Sweden? Hanna Radomski is a 40-year-old psychotherapist who lives in the southern Swedish city of Malmö with her husband and two young sons. Oh, and one other thing. She's my cousin. 
Hello, Hannah. Hi, Michael. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm fine. I, I'm very fine. It's a Swedish holiday, so every so work is off and schools are closed today. Aha. Uh -huh. So, um, so everyone in in the states is very interested in what's going on in Sweden. We've uh -huh. we've seen a lot written about it, and uh, we're hearing a lot about Sweden taking this very different approach to the mm -hmm. to the pandemic than almost any other country. Certainly different than here, where we're all sort of still in in Massachusetts, at least sort of in this lockdown mode. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, what's what's it been like for you? What's your day like there? What's life like? Uh, it, it, it's certainly different in some ways, but also in a strange way, kind of normal, because uh, I still go to my work. Uh, my husband works from home because they, they suggest if you can work from home that you do it. And he is, so he, he can do it, but I, as, as I'm seeing patients, I go to work and most patients actually come for physical meetings. Some of them who are like in certain risk groups, as they say in Sweden, they stay home and we have like, uh, yeah, Zoom or Skype meetings instead. Um, and uh, yeah, my colleagues are also there. And what we have done is like, we try to clean more like several times a day. And we have, of course, information on the door and everything like, don't come here if you feel sick. Uh, but that the work is still kind of normal, and the, my kids they still go to school. Right, and they're old now. Uh, almost turned eleven just the other day, right? And the other one is eight. And Edgar is eight, and so the like the schools are still in session, going up to like everything up until high school, right? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so their school, they, they have made some uh, changes in school. For instance, they don't have, uh, how do you say, physical activities. They, they don't, they have, they have it like only outside. So they don't go in the locker rooms and change and all that. Uh, because then they are, yeah. But they, I mean, they still sit together in the classroom like normally, but they, I know that they try to have more class outside and all the breaks, of course, and everything. So they, everything is more outside, but the kids are still playing. I, I would say, kind of normal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. And and like restaurants are open, bars are open, uh, stores are all the stores are open, right? Yes, yes. Um, the, what's different in stores, for instance, is that they have put signs on the ground, like you know, every second meter, like, and everywhere is a lot of signs, like keep distance, don't come in here if you have any symptoms of cold or cough or fever. And they like, uh, how do you say, uh, they, they like, they, how do you say, the authorities say they advise us to keep distance. Right. Uh, and also in the restaurants, they have done some s small changes that for instance, you can't hang in the bar you can only have like seated service and also they have more distance between tables. Um, so, so like more distance, but still open. Right. And have you been out to restaurants in the last few weeks? I have been out for a lunch. I have not been out as much as usually. And also we have ordered like takeaway also because we want to support the restaurants because they are losing people. I mean, there are fewer people out, but there are still people out having, yeah, eating and drinking and so on. Right, right, and um, and 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 the sort of streets are still, you know, 
crowded with people and people are hanging out? Yeah, not not as much. I mean, you, you certainly see a difference uh, in the city. In this, also, if I I mean, if I want to go, if I need something in a in a normal store, it's open, but there is there are fewer people, I would say, and and um, so not as much people hanging out, but but still, I mean, like today, it's normally since it's the like the worker holiday, first of May, it would be big demonstrations and like meetings in the park and politicians giving speech and all of that. Of course, all of that, all of those big gatherings are cancelled. In Sweden, they have this that no more people than 50 could be uh, together. So also, if, for instance, where I go for like workout, uh, I have, there, there are still classes like inside in the gym, like aerobics and, you know, this kind of stuff, but they have fewer attendants. So only maximum 50 and more, most places have like 30 or 20 in every group and also i personally i don't go inside but i go like for outdoor cross training and stuff and then we are maybe like 30 people and but outside but still i mean more or less together but with distance but together in a way you know right right i, I remember you t- you all telling us once there was like a particular swedish word that sort of describes sort of the Swedish mindset that, you know, is kind of a not too much this way, not too much that way. Do you know what I'm talking about? What's the word? <laughs> Lagom. Right. And is the, do you think that kind of captures in a way kind of how you're approaching it? Yes. Yes. I would say that like everybody is like, well, you mean that people are making uh, changes, but I, and also, I would say the, in Sweden, we have different policy for different age groups. So, for instance, the ones that are 70 plus, 70 and up. So they are advised not to go to stores, not to go to the gym, not to go, I mean, not to go to restaurants at all. So the the ones that are older are really like strongly advised to to keep bigger distance than than the rest of us. And also, if you belong to a certain risk group, like overweight or asthma or heart is heart conditions and so on but i think it's like the swedish way is that if we if we get people to do this like like you said lagom like a little do do changes but not too hard changes then people will keep doing it and that's sort of what they say has been the idea that a first of all that there's been a lot of cooperation uh, we hear you know with these kind of advisories and that also like the the health authorities are saying that um, that 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 we need to, or that they feel like what they need to do is come up with with an approach and policies that people can stay with for like months or maybe the next year, or we just don't really know. Yeah, yeah, and also that they don't want. They, I think that Sweden has also a a very good like child perspective that it's not good for the kids to to have to stay home with their parents all the time, especially if the parents have to work from home uh, so that the kids should have like normal, as normal as possible. And also, I mean, we'd, we have in Sweden, you know, free school food and all of that. So I think that is also a very good plan that the kids can have a kind of a normal life because when I, I was telling my kids now I was doing this interview with you and they were like, and what are you going to talk about? I was like, yeah, how it's how it's for us here, and and also we listen to the 
the Swedish Prime Minister had his first of May speech, and he said that we all have to like keep up this uh, social distancing, and we have to keep up this uh, try uh, how to say to make this yeah ad- adjustments that we have to yeah that it's harder for everyone, especially for the older ones or the those who have older family members that they can't spend as much time with or they those who who lives in elderly homes you know like they can't go in and visit them it's not allowed to visit anymore so there are sacrifices for everyone but for the kids i would it's not so much it's like their normal activities are closed like you know the things they do in after school time though most of them are closed but football soccer all of that outside activities are still on so Right, and so your kids didn't even have a sense that oh, you'd be talking about this topic because it's not—it's not like uh, something that is sort of every. Is, are people talking about it constantly, or are are your kids very aware? They are aware, and as, like if someone is like doing, <laughs> you know, like this, then everybody is like like joking, oh, Corona, stay away. Uh, so it's it's really that message from the authorities that, that if you have any any small symptoms don't go outside and i think everybody had learned that so it's it's like they know like if they sneeze then they are like no no then i have to be home it's <laughs> so so they know about it but they are not i wouldn't say they are afraid my kids are not afraid or worried at all and um and do people wear masks at all when they're out outside or in public uh there are some there are some but I talked to my nephew who just came back from the States and he was like shocked that it's so little here in Sweden compared to the United States. It's maybe every, I don't know, one in every, I don't know, how 20 I meet or something like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's very not common at all. Almost nobody. You know. And in the stores, people are not having, I mean, the, the ones working in the stores do not have masks. Uh, so they they have like put up in the in the like in the stores they have put up in some places these kind of like glass shields between the customer and the uh, shop attendant, but but that's the only thing really. And so, how are you feeling about it? I mean, are, are, you're obviously aware of this attention to Sweden and all the discussion about whether the, whether the you know Sweden sort of has got sort of the right approach that will sort of be sustainable and or is it a big uh, gamble i talked to a public health uh, expert here who you know was saying she does think it's a, sort of like a gamble or it's kind of an experiment that sweden is the the guinea pig for yeah i i don't i i think i i, I really think and i think most of my friends and you know people i meet i think almost all of us here think this is the best really because we see our uh, neighbor countries they closed down more hard than sweden but now they're opening up so i think this is uh, because no society can handle this like for in the long run that you can't go outside that everything is closed uh it will be a total disaster so i and i also think it's it's really like taboo like no one would go outside or go to work if they had any symptoms i mean that would be really it's a, how to say it, we have a, like a strong conscience, conscience like like that you you shouldn't do. I mean, I I, I don't think anyone go. But I I don't I don't. But I don't go in public transportation because I go by bike. But 
some colleague of mine who go with train every day, she says that she can sometimes see people like having symptoms and still be on the train. But then it's like, it's a thing. It's like, should I report this to someone or should I talk to them? Or it's, it's based much on like their own individual responsibility. Right. But as they say here, even though you can be very uh, uh, scrupulous about not going out if you're not feeling well, there's this whole idea that there are, you know, a lot of people who could be infected, but without any symptoms. So that's sort of out there. And also, I was just going to say the the uh, the neighboring countries, as we keep seeing the data, their their rate of coronavirus deaths is much lower, uh, you know, per capita. And so, you know, that's sort of the comparison now. Some people say that will change. And even the public health expert I talked to said, you know, we really need to, we're going to need to look back a year or two from now and look at all the data then. That's really the only time we're going to be able to fully understand you know, these different approaches. Yeah, because what, what I, I mean, I'm certainly not an expert in this, but what, what our authorities keep, I mean, what I read from them at least, is that if if you close down too hard, like some of our countries, then maybe they will have like a second wave. I mean, it will come anyway, but sooner or later. So, uh, and and I don't know. I think, I mean, what everyone really really try to do is like people are still like we and some other people we know that we still meet other people but we try to do it very as safe as possible like do it outside taking also i have my older mother not very old but 70 <laughs> so we meet her every week yeah but we, we we meet with her but we only meet her outside uh so we walk, take walks and having picnics and then she sit like like I mean, we are together, but not close together. And she's not hugging her grandchildren and so on. And we, I mean, so there is a lot of talking about like helping others do their shopping and helping olders doing errands. And I would say that it's, yeah, I would say that we try to do it safe, but but still continue living in a way. Yeah. And and do you think most people you know feel so you're saying most people feel pretty positive about the approach and they're not sort of in a sort of sense there's not a sense of panic that oh my god Sweden is not not in my not in my group so to speak I I sure I mean I I know that there have been uh, it has been shifting with our like our public health agencies I mean sometimes when they do they have this like every day they have this press conference and i have heard that sometimes they have been getting like a lot of in social media like oh they are bad and why don't they do it harder why don't you close down harder and so on but i don't think it i don't think it is as much as before i think that people are kind of yeah in a way kind of con- content with this right right and so in that way do you think there's a sense that they feel that uh, Sweden maybe got it right and these other countries everywhere else we've had enormous you know impacts on our economy and people out of work and uh, and all that and you feel like uh, maybe Sweden has sort of gotten gotten it right here I hope to think so at least I mean yeah I, I, I think so I mean you I mean we don't we will not know but you have even if you're I mean the countries who are closing down super hard, they have even more death. I mean, like you and Spain and Italy and France. And and 
I, I just I just can't imagine having to stay home like in quarantine with my kids if they are not having any symptoms and trying to work from home and they should like climb the walls and yeah yeah I mean it's it would be torture for everyone um so I'm I'm very happy that we are allowed to be outside even if it's not they say like we can't have big uh, parties you can't have you know weddings and all of this but but I think f- so uh, for the older it's the hardest I would say because they can't they have the I mean they have even harder time not but still like we, when we talk we have family also in France for instance and and when we talk to her she's allowed to go out one hour a day only like I don't know 100 meter from her house and then my mother she can she can't go shopping but she can take walks and having coffee outside with her friends like she do that every day so she keeps saying she doesn't go inside no she doesn't go inside so she so she doesn't go inside but she still is very social and also very active so like taking care of her health she has never been in a more fit way than now because she's walking like you know 20,000 steps a day or something uh, so I think it's also good if they catch the virus, then it's better if everyone is in a good condition. Right. That's probably true, too. Absolutely. And I know, though, that uh, yesterday was a, a big uh, was a holiday, a different holiday. What was that? What is that holiday called? Uh, in English, I don't know. It's called it's in, Swedish. Uh, in Swedish. It's called Valboy. Uh, it's like the, you celebrate the end, the, the, the last day of April. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's like you normally people gather like in uh, in big outside in the countryside or in parks and you have like a very big fire and then you have like yeah like a bonfire like a, like a very big bonfire and then you have a certain songs for like welcoming spring and summertime so that's something no it, no oh, i mean all the official ways all the official fires and everything of course were closed uh so I mean, people, and then it also became very rainy. So the authorities were happy uh, because it's also a day when the young kids, like in the, like the students in college and university, usually meet in parks and right. Uh, and the colleges are all closed now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are closed, but they have like this online studying. But they, but they, they still hang out. They still meet. So they wanted to av- avoid like nice weather crowds of. The kids having parties in the park. And so even though I know that uh, everybody's saying that the Swedish people are very, uh, you know, conscientious and listening to the recommendations, there was this, uh, uh, these articles uh, reporting how in Lund, where you were just near you, a big university town, they were worried about the college students all gathering for a big parties. So they spread uh, chicken manure, I read, on the, on the main town park which would probably keep people away, I guess. Yeah, and also they put fences up. And also it was heavy raining. So it was all, it was like check on everything. But because they have, it has been, the last weeks have been really like sunny and warm here. Uh, so then they have, then they, they, they really got out, gone out go, how do you say? They gone out and warned us, like even if it's sunny, even if it's nice weather, that doesn't mean that you can't keep you, you have to still keep distancing. You can meet outside, but you have to have the distance and you can't, you shouldn't meet in big groups, even if it's like really big groups, even if it's outside. So they try to like remind us that, okay, don't, 
forget about everything because it's something outside. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, it's been great to to help us understand how how life is there and how people are feeling about it. And uh, of course, we wish well for everyone. So yeah. stay yeah. healthy, stay yeah, well. You too. You too. <laughs> and it's really everyone keeps saying what an unusual time we're in. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think also unusual is I don't think I ever have ended a uh, a podcast this way. But uh, uh, love to everyone there. Yeah, me. thanks. Thanks. And to you too. Bye bye.